Uh, <laughs> you spilled coffee all over here. What's good. left of it in your mug? It's good for your skin. Get at us. Coffee with coaches. Keep us caffeinated. Coffee with coaches. Yeah. Welcome back to Coffee with Coaches. Today, our coffee is still Mountain Bird Coffee. We are on quite the coffee kick with the Mountain Bird, but they are a somewhat local to us. Um, they're out of Eureka Springs, which is what, probably an hour-ish? Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere. From Fayetteville. From Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, great coffee though, and they do sell it online, so if you want to try it, you should order some. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's my favorite right now, so we're probably going to have that for a bit. (laughs) All right. So today, uh, we're going to kind of start off with, um, talking about progressive overload, um, and then work our way into, you know, some ways to prevent burnout, um, with progressive overload and kind of, um, that topic and we'll kind of see where things go. Yeah. Uh, just in case, um, we have anybody listening that doesn't know what progressive overload is, I know it's probably something that strength coaches talk about. It's very simply just the small changes you make week to week in a workout to create adaptation. I just made that definition up, but it's been... <laughs> Do not have the Google definition in <laughs> front of us. <laughs> not out of a textbook, but it is essentially just um, examples would be adding a little bit of weight every week to a movement, um, adding reps, adding an extra set, improving your form, um, decreasing rest or increasing rest depending on what you need so it's basically just small changes that you're making to the same lift every week to help progress and solicit adaptations you got the actual definition yeah i mean you hit it right (laughs) you were right on the you hit the nail on the head uh the google definition is progressive overload is a as a method of strength training that advocates for the gradual increase of stress placed upon the musculoskeletal and nervous system there we go so there you go. Basically, you're not going to get better by doing the exact same thing every week. If you're yeah. brand new to the gym, 100% new, you can do the same thing for a little bit and still see changes. But at some point, those stop and you're going to have to add extra load, extra something, extra stressors to be able to cause change. Yep. Um, I mean, even if you're not familiar with the gym you've probably heard you know the term of people plateauing yeah um that is the it's not the only cause but it is one of the main causes of a plateau um and that's exactly what you said if you're brand new to the gym you're probably will get really comfortable lifting a certain amount of weight um, but you can only do that for so long um like you said until you will you will hit that plateau and then changes need to be made um, in order to stop plateauing. It's actually a good point. I have rarely in all of my time being a coach and an athlete seen anyone plateau that uh, appropriately uses progressive overload. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen it. I think that if I've, I think if someone knows how to use progressive overload, I don't know that I've ever seen someone well, completely plateau. We've actually just talked about this today on. Uh, we got on the topic of chains, you know, mm-hmm. using chains in your workout. And like you said, that's, you know, if you see like a, 
actual plateau. Um, like you said, of somebody who is using progressive overload correctly, they're probably very far along in their training age and, and their abilities, you know, yeah. in, in the gym, um, if it's, you know, properly used. Yeah. Well, and I think people forget that, as I kind of already mentioned, progressive overload is more than just adding weight every week. Yeah. So there is a point when you can't go up anymore. Maybe you are just adding uh talking in kilos because it is a little bit easier to progress in kilos but maybe you are just adding a kilo or a half a kilo that's still progressive but at some point you're not going to be able to do that it would be like using the two and a halfs in the gym at some point even that like you've still maxed out how much weight you can do but you're still progressing if you're able to add more reps or more sets yeah let's be very clear that is typically very long down the road yeah yeah you're not doing that in in your your training 10 years of training you're in your first year of training and you plateau and you go you know and you're trying to say those things ah there's probably some you know oh i've maxed out my strength in a year i don't think so yeah well um, i think it's yeah, I think it's just an issue with programming someone that gets comfortable doing the exact same thing every week or um, something that just doesn't really know how. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that's uh, um, why you probably don't see it properly used much is because, you know, everybody wants this, like, you know, a new workout every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and progressive overload is... You know, when properly used is, you know, typically the same movements or around the same movement patterns, you know, week in and week out for, you know, cycles Yeah. Um, on end. It's not something that, um, and that's something that, you know, we can talk about this a different episode, but that's where kind of motivation starts to fall off and yeah. you just get into discipline of, being able to go into the gym and you don't have to be motivated by a new workout every week. You just are disciplined in progressive overload. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) add weight or add reps or, you know, change your volume. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason that you don't see most strength coaches post their workouts on Instagram every week. And it's because they're boring and it's because (laughs) they do the same thing like if i posted my monday workout and then next monday i posted my monday workout (laughs) you'd be like i've already seen this it's because i did it last week and i probably did it the week before and i'm gonna do it next week too so nobody wants to share that stuff but that's how progressive overload works yeah yeah i mean i would look in the mirror if you have to have a new workout every week I mean, that's, sure. that's a, that's an issue that's not going to get you very far. Yeah. And I think, so to apply this to coaching, the coaching side of things, um, it's easy to get an athlete, whether it's, so we work with teams and we work with individuals online and it's easy to get one of them to come to us and say like, I'm getting bored. I've been doing the same thing. So To create some, there's kind of, it's a double-edged sword. So you want to create buy-in and you want them to understand that progressive overload is important and that doesn't mean completely changing your lift week to week. The other side of that is we don't want them to get bored. I don't want to be bored in the gym either. So there's things that you can do 
with progressive overload that keep things a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think um, first off is just the basic understanding of progressive overload. If you're, you know, athletes know that the reason at the beginning of a cycle, if you tell them that this is how it's going to be for four weeks, three weeks, five weeks, whatever, you know, your cycle periods are, um, but that the goal is to increase, you know, the basic, you know, progressive overload of five to 10 pounds, Yeah. you know, on your compound movements, you know, if you're talking dumbbells, maybe it's a little bit less, but Mm -hmm. if your kids know, Hey, on my bench, my back squat, you know, whatever it is, the goal is that I'm increasing weight every week. I think that kind of tricks their mind a little bit and, and does get a little bit of that buy-in of I'm not coming in and doing 135 pounds every week i'm coming in to try and beat what i did last week trying to add a little bit of competition yeah um, we try to hype it up a little yeah. bit like it's not like oh you just have the same thing again it's hey we're gonna do the same thing and we're gonna do it better this yeah. week and and it's also something that kind of you know it, it pushes them and it also you know in tough situations can create a little bit of understanding because especially high school kids they got so much stuff going on mm-hmm. you know this Monday and next Monday, you know, there could be no strength change, but they could have had a rough night. They could have had a tough day at school. And if that's the case and they come in and they're feeling a little bit weaker, I think that also gives you an opportunity to explain that to them mm-hmm. and to talk over that. Like, hey, you're not going to have a good day every day, but the goal is still to come in and try and go heavier um, than what you accomplished last week. That's a really good point. I think that it helps them become, well, me. It helps me be more aware of my body and how I feel and um, just to pay attention to, okay, I know I did this weight last week. Why does this feel bad this week or why does this feel so heavy this week? And then it helps me stop and think like, well, you know what? I didn't sleep good last night either and maybe I didn't eat as much as I did last week. And it helps me to kind of keep record versus just if I have a whole new workout every single time I walk in the gym, there's nothing to compare to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just making them aware of them, you know, themselves. I think, you know, strength coaches or just coaches in general at the high school level, I would say when you have one strength coach and he has 1700 athletes Mm -hmm. that he's kind of watch over. If you can start, you know, teaching your kids how to be aware of themselves, uh, for one, makes your job a lot easier. Um, but then it also, like I said, just be, makes them more aware of what's going on in their lives, uh, things like that. Um, and, and then sometimes it's just, it was a tough day. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I did everything right. Uh, I'm still five pounds less than what I hit last week. Yeah. But there's, times for that as well yeah um but if your kid can come away and say that like well no really everything's been fine hey that's the same thing they're teaching themselves or you're teaching them to be become self-aware yeah so for sure um so to cover like a couple of ways that we use progressive overload and things that i would suggest to other coaches and athletes like ways to implement this in your programming Um, because there is more than just you mentioned the big one and it's just adding five to 10 pounds every week or adding 10 to 20 pounds every week, whatever it is. 
That's a big one. Um, you can do that through either just weight. So like when we get a, a new team, we just have them build up to something moderate that their form looks good. And then we take that weight and build on it every week um, until we can find uh, something like a three or five rep max. But if you have person, like if you're somebody that has maxes and you know what your maxes are, you can use percentages. And yep. so that might look like 65% on week one, 70% on week two, 75 on week three, so on and so on until you need to deload and, and start over again. Um, and that's the one that most everybody thinks of with progressive overload. But there's other ways to do it too, where we either lower reps so that weight can go up or we raise reps so whatever your weight was this week, great. Now next week I want you to do it for an additional three to five reps or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you go from three by 10 to three by 12 or three by 15. Yeah. Um, uh, rep ranges as well, you know, help with that a lot. Um, so, I mean, if um, you give them 10 to 15 and they hit 11 for all their sets, next week or and well and w- what we tell them is when you're consistent at hitting that weight at the end range so if you're hitting 45s for 15 reps that's when you increase your weight but if you're stuck at 40s and you hit 10 every time next week let's try and hit 11 the yeah. week after that let's try and hit 12 like and and that's other ways that you can like you said progressive overload with your with your reps with your volume um, and then in your intensity yeah. as well. And that's an easy, if you've got a lot of people to program for, rep ranges are a great way to help people. Like Then the progressive overload itself becomes self-regulating. And yeah. um, that if you go up in weight, you may hit the lower end of the rep range. I usually tell athletes, aim at the beginning anyways, aim for the upper end of your rep range. But then hopefully they're going up in weight and they're still dropping. Yeah. They probably naturally will drop down in reps, but it helps them gauge where they're supposed to be it also keeps them from going too heavy yeah yeah and it's something that um as long as you're pretty clear at the beginning is pretty easily implemented with high school athletes you know and if we can implement it with large groups of high school athletes with sub year training ages (laughs) then, then uh you know you can implement it with you know just about everybody yeah so volume and intensity are the two probably big ones. Either your weight or your sets and your reps is kind of something that most people think about. But then there's other ways to progressively overload that I think just gets overlooked way too often. Um, manipulating rest periods. Um, manipulating tempo. Um, maybe one week you are pausing for three seconds or you've got a five-second eccentric and then you start to take that out week to week, or you make it harder week to week. Maybe you've got a one second pause this week, two seconds the next week, three, and so on. There's so many different ways that you can do that. Um, that I mean, that gets overlooked. Just changing the difficulty of the movement itself uh, is a good way to use progressive overload. Yeah, and that's something that if you are having an issue, and we've had this um, either explained to us by people that we've met or you know, with teams that we've taken over is this, um, is getting bored. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the kids are bored, you know, this week or that week or whatever. And I think that happens a lot at the beginning, like when we first pick up teams because they're not used to just a steady, <laughs> you know, diet of strength and conditioning every week. Um, and something that we do 
um, not just out of taking out boredom, you know, from a program, but from a movement standard perspective is those additions of pauses and stuff like that. And that's something that, you know, kids really overlook. Like Mm -hmm. if you ask them, you know, what you just did over a four week period and every week you, you know, either increased or took out pauses out of a a main lift, they're probably going to say that rather than we just back squatted, Mm -hmm. you know, on Mondays for the last four weeks, you know, so they're going to, they're going to notice that. And that's something where we're not changing, you know, the movement, but yeah, you can increase the difficulty in other ways of other than just adding or um, taking away weight. For sure. And you can increase the difficulty of the movement itself. So a good example of that might be if our end goal is to be able to do, my favorite example of this is just a single arm, single leg RDL. That's a pretty advanced movement that most humans can't get right on the first time, especially like if there's just not coordination or, or whatever that needs to be worked on. So we will often from the beginning program a regular RDL. And then uh, maybe just a dumbbell or a a single kettlebell uh, RDL. And then we may progress that to a B stance, like a staggered stance RDL. And then maybe into a landmine RDL where you still have some, like the bar is still fixed so that you are able to stay a little bit more balanced. Um, And then maybe eventually down the road you're getting into a single arm single leg RDL or a barbell single leg RDL, something that's far more advanced. And it can take a whole year just to get through that entire progression um, to be able to get to something more advanced. And then the next year you can start over from the beginning because the like the the basics are never going to hurt somebody that yeah. is, um, you know, if, if an athlete comes back one year to the next, they just start at a heavier starting point. Yeah. I think that's something that, you know, if you are a sport coach – Um, Or if you are a young strength and conditioning coach, not saying that we're some old, (laughs) you know, super experienced strength coaches, but if you are... We've got some years. We do have some years (laughs) now. I feel those years. Um, But if you are a sport coach, just anybody who's inexperienced to the field, don't fall into the trap of pleasing your, your kids' needs for change by advancing too far i think that's a that's where bosu balls start finding their freaking way into Mm -hmm. youtube videos and and you're balancing on weird surfaces and you're juggling stuff and what i see earlier on instagram a snatch into a pistol squat yes I hope it was a joke, but it'll probably find its way into the CrossFit games before (laughs) too long. Um, Anyways, (laughs) but uh, just don't fall into that trap because you're not benefiting your kids like you think you are. Um, The standard, I think, for most coaches is, you know, you prioritize the movement um, over the weight that's put on the bar. So... Um, what good does a quarter squat with 400 pounds do if the kid literally cannot sit down into a squat? Like we prioritize the movement over, that was probably a poor, somebody's going to come up with something on that one, but you get the point. Like if you can't do the movement correctly with a ton of weight on there, then 
that defeats the purpose. And that is generally from advancing too far. Um, Those kids don't have a base built. And if you, you know, try to build a house on a shady foundation, um, it's, it's going to crumble. So um, focus on that. If you're young sport coach, whatever, build your foundation, then you can start worrying about exercise selection in terms of progressive overload. Yeah, for sure. I think the other piece of progressive overload that I'd want to make sure we add into this episode is that improving your form week to week is a version of (laughs) progressive overload that gets overlooked. So if one week you can barely squat to parallel with no weight and the next week you can get lower still with no weight that is a form of progressive overload and then if the next week you can do that with 10 pounds that is progressive overload and just to be able to improve your form and that's a squats are an easy one but especially talking about something more complex like an olympic lift it's easy to start thinking that uh, i haven't gone up in weight but where has your form improved where has your technique improved and and even just the little things we talk a lot about youth athletics because that's we work mostly with high schools but um i think if we can make them understand a cue better week to week hey seriously pack your lats push through your foot like you know engage your core like learning how to do some of those things is just to, I mean, seeing athletes gain better body control, that is also progressive overload. Yeah. So I don't want that to get overlooked in, um, it, it very often gets buried in trying to add weight or trying to add volume, but just becoming more aware of your body is also very yeah. important. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like that definition said, it was musculoskeletal and neuromuscular mm-hmm. and those, you know, play hand in hand. Yeah. And you can stress both of those either individually um, or combined. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like you said, I, I mean, if if you're posting a video of, you know, a kid hitting a PR, but, you know, his form looks like trash, you know, where are benefits here of, of those things? So, yeah. you know, we prioritize the movement um, over the maxes, you know, that are that are hitting that certain movement. Yeah. And if that is the case and not every PR is going to be pretty, I'm not saying that, No, 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 no. but if that is the case, then somewhere along the way, progressive overload got messed up in your programming. Um, because for most, if you properly program these movements and progressively overload them as you should, then at the point that they're supposed to PR, maybe it's not perfect. Maybe their background's a little, or maybe there's some something going on. But for the most part, it should look the way that it did yep. when they were warming up. Yeah, and, and that's also just a whole other topic that mm-hmm. we can go on is, well, if PRs are in general, you know, not your best looking lift, then should they even be included in... <laughs> in uh, your strength and conditioning, you know, yeah, playbook. Another, another so, topic for another day. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different day for that. 
But yeah, highly encourage you if you're not using progressive overload to start using it. Random workouts every week are not helping your athletes become better. Um, they may get better at just working out. Yeah, their conditioning, uh, Q, right? <laughs> Q, Q CrossFit, for real. Like, no uh, jokes aside, but um, a lot of times CrossFit gyms program something completely random and different every time you walk in. You do get better at working yeah, out, but right. you don't get better at specific things. Yeah. And if you want your athletes to get better at specific things, progressive overload, highly recommend. Yeah. All right. I think that's good. Um, if uh, you have any questions about anything that you know we've covered in this episode, feel free to um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Send us a message. Um, other than that, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, be sure to give us five stars, follow along so you never miss an episode. We re- appreciate any reviews that you can leave us and um, any shares that you, if you think this will help anybody, send it their way. All right. All right. Thank you, guys, and we'll catch you next time.